Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's time for another edition of Talking Hockey. I'm your host, Charles E. Smith, Jr. This is an inside sports production uh, presented by Humanica Media. Here we are. It's the 2018 Stanley Cup playoffs, and we are down to the final four. And believe it or not, this is how fast life comes at you sometimes. Last year, now we're down to these four teams. Uh, two of the teams didn't even make the playoffs last year. One team was eliminated early last year, and the other team, they didn't even exist last year. But here we are. We're going to break it down. As you know, I don't work alone here. I do enlist the help of only the very, very best. So let me bring in the main man from somewhere up there in eastern Canada, the man some of you may follow on Twitter already at the Schwartz 5454. That's the S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Five four five four. A lot of goaltending wisdom. The man with the lightning glove hand. Here he is, everybody. Lightning Lonnie Schwartz. Oh my God. I, I I'm still taken aback by the performance we just saw in Nashville tonight. Thank you for the wonderful introduction again, by the way. I, I'm just I, I I normally I'm a little more exuberant, but I'm a little withdrawn because as a goalie coach, right? I'm watching exactly. the game. Like when I'm not talking hockey with you, Charles, I'm I'm coaching goalies. And before we even talk series, we got to address Dumbo's ears in the room here. <laughs> like those two goals in a game seven in your home rink, arguably the hardest rink to play in outside of Winnipeg. Like it's either Winnipeg or Nashville. Pick your poison for worst rink to play in in terms of the crowd just wanting to absolutely eat you alive with noise. And that goal that Tyler Myers scores, everybody's going to look at that and said and and say, and rightfully, I might add, and you know me, I'm a, I'm a goalie. I'm going to give the goalie 99.9% benefit <laughs> of the doubt, especially in the show. These are the best goaltenders in the world. We have Vesna Trophy goaltending at both ends in Hellebuck and Rene. And then Rene lets in that goal from Tyler Myers below the goal line. And what you see being employed there, and this is where I'll try and get as friendly as I can get. This is theater of the mind now. We are entering Old school radio, I feel like we should have a 50s kind of jingle live band in the background making some sort of mysterious noise. Because uh, Paint that word's eye view, man. Oh. Paint that word's eye view. Paint the picture. So when you're watching what Pecorine and every goaltender does when they lock in what looks like a butterfly on the post with one leg locked in towards the post and the other slightly elevated near the goal line is referred to as the RVH reverse vertical horizontal. And when you see goalies lock in that position, typically speaking, you're going to see them lock in the toe bridge position. The toe bridge exists between the tip of your skate blade and the bridge of the goalie pad. Right. So there's that little gap between the pad and the skate where you'll see goalies that either have skate lace, some type of lacing that 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 holds the pad towards the skate. There's only a couple that don't have that. 
Anyway, that's the gap. And that's where you actually land on the post if you're taught that technique. That provides a better seal. That did not happen today for Pecorine. He landed on his skate blade and didn't make an adjustment. And from the view I initially saw, I'm like, oh, my God, he didn't lock. And, and that's why it went in. That's why there was an even bigger gap. And then I saw another angle because the first angle was from inside the net. Then I saw another camera's view where his stick is what actually redirected the puck in the net. Now, this is where we say, do we fix a nail with a screwdriver? Probably not the best. I'm not a carpenter. I'm not a, I'm not a contractor by trade here, but I'm pretty confident you don't fix a nail with a screwdriver. So when he, Pecorine, locks into this position, the reverse VH, he's got to stick, first of all, in a position that it should never be in when the puck is where it is, towards more towards the boards and the corner. You want to usually use this technique when the puck is in the trapezoid area, the, the Broder punishment zone, <laughs> as we've come to sort of know over the years. So... That position, the reverse VH, is typically used for wraparounds or pushes off into butterfly for quick passes in front in the red zone deep in the slot. None of that was happening in this situation. So you're going to say, Lonnie, this is that one, that, that point one percent where I can't believe it. I'm hearing this from a technical standpoint, from a judgment standpoint, from a selection standpoint. It was just... We are talking catastrophic three-mile island failure. And, and then, well, and after three-mile island, I think on the second goal, he went Chernobyl. Oh, or you can say Chernobyl the first, and for a follow-up, it was three-mile island because the same technique I just explained was being used in the proper sequence. Okay, Paul, Paul Stastny, he's, he's coming tight, right? You're locking in. Mm-hmm. Make the initial save. Or looks to me, and then he leaves the seal. He leaves his post. And Stasny's like, thanks very much. Not only that, but Stasny was covered at that point. The only thing he can do is basically, uh, for golfers out there, the equivalent of a sand wedge and just try to chip it up toward toward the net. Going near post was the only place Stasny, from where he was, being covered as he was, could possibly have gone. Yeah, it, it just, it, it amazed me that he came off so quickly. And that's that's where you want that seal, that immediacy of the seal that you have between your arm and the post, the pad and the post, to use this technique. Okay, so there's the tool being used at least at the right time. And then he's like, but you know what? I'm just going to let go now. <laughs> you haven't You haven't finished the job. You know, I'm trying to use yeah. the best theater of the mind I can here. It, it just drove me insane. And then, as being pointed out here, we, we have Hockey Night in Canada up here, obviously, covering the broadcast, NBC in your neck of the woods in all likelihood. And it, you're watching that, and at least what we were showing up here is, is, is Rene knew he was done. He knew he was going to get pulled after that second goal, and it's the right. third time he's been pulled in the series because he knew right there, 
the momentum that that the team needed to get back in the game was going to be from him getting pulled and no other means necessary. And they were bad goals. It wasn't one of those where the team let him down. He knew Correct. it. He, and it's an awful feeling. I, I, this is the compassion part that you understand as a goaltender in important situations. While it is a team game, you're very much an individual there. And you know that what you just did is precisely without any excuse that you put your team in this predicament. And, and, and I feel for the guy, like I've met Pecorine. He's an incredibly nice guy. He's up for the Vesna this year. You know, he had a great regular season, but as we talked about this off off air before we hit record in the playoffs, he just loses a gear. Right. And that was the thing we talked about. One thing I always saw him as kind of uh, the equivalent of uh, of Ryan Miller, a lot Ryan Miller, the American goaltender who, uh, you know, Miller was good and, you know, borderline great, but he just did not necessarily bring his A game in the playoffs. And that was my knock against Pecorine all the way up until last season when they broke through and made it to the cup final. And he was solid the whole way through. And now it looks like really he regressed when the chips were down. You could see he wasn't really, you know, that great this year. And you got to wonder about both of those teams, if we look at the teams who were the combatants in the cup final last year. With Nashville now, where do they go? And also, if we jump over to Pittsburgh and what happened with them, you have to wonder, with Pittsburgh, even with the firepower they have, with Sidney Crosby, with Evgeny Malkin, with Phil Kessel, with Patrick Hornquist, the reason they got through these playoffs even as quit as far as they did was because Jake Gensel, of all people, comes through with 10 goals in 12 games. Without him somehow, I don't know, capturing that lightning in a bottle, which he had, uh, what happens with Pittsburgh this year? So two teams that were on top of the mountain, they suddenly fallen. And, uh, you know, you, you got to think both of them are going to be looking for answers in the offseason. Well, if we stick on the Western Conference side right now, you, you look at the Predators and the question does arise. Do you trade Pecorino? He's got a pretty hefty contract. He's north of $7 million a season, so it's not going to be easy to swallow in terms of contract. Again, you're going to look at a team maybe like Philly who's going to go, maybe this is going to be the guy. Lucky number 13. Because right away, you've got a default to Philly. Like, that's the default. Right. Right. It's like you're it's it's if you're driving manual, you're at the light, you know, you're going first gear. It's not going second or third. No, Philly's first gear on goaltending every mm-hmm. year. You're going to go, well, I got to go into first. So can Philly afford it? That remains to be seen. And and I don't I don't want to get too into the conversation because like then it's one of those situations in Vegas. Let's say he wins the Vesna, and then it's like that classic awkward I just just really crapped the bed in the playoffs oh and I'm the subject of trade talks that (laughs) the award um I'm gonna go back to Finland and cry in two languages and just like uh I I I almost want to just give it a 24 hours, a moratorium on poor Pekka. And I don't mean right. that. 
you know, put a hashtag on it and make it, you know, some sort of ridiculous Michael Jordan meme or something. The guy's a great guy. He's obviously a great competitor. But, you know, as we both pointed out, at, at the worst possible time, you know, he's he's not upping his game to help his team achieve the ultimate goal here, and that's, that's winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, so Winnipeg had a great game. They almost did. Any, almost any other team you could say that, that Nashville would have had a shot. I mean, Philip Forsberg was kept quiet. PK got the only goal. PK Subban getting the only goal in the game. And that was on a power play. Yeah. And Phil so Forsberg, no even strength goals. They lose five to one. So let's get right down to it. Yeah. They got shellacked. Yeah. It, it they was got whacked. Yeah. They were. Jets. They contained the most dynamic forward in Philip Forsberg without question. They managed to overall effectively shut down the offensive machine that was that was the defensive core for the Nashville Predators overall. You know, Roman Yossi had a very quiet series. I, I was a little disappointed he didn't get on the score sheet more. But but they had big names coming up. Paul Stastny had two goals today. Yes. Mark Shifley with that rocket on a one-timer. Big goals from big names. And, and Patrick Laine hasn't even really woken up yet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's been fairly invisible. Yeah, can he really has. Just yeah. Can you imagine if Patrick Laine all of a sudden decides, "Oh yeah, I'm Patrick Laine. I know how to score goals," and he starts scoring goals again. <laughs> Kyle Connor, who's a very good rookie, he's been contributing offensively. Uh, Winnipeg, hats off to them. Like they real and Dustin Bufflin, obviously, big right. buff. Being the very cornerstone of that defense and earning every penny of that contract, people are like really you're going to spend that kind of money on Buffalo. And he's like, yeah, just just you know what, you get free tickets to the gun show because I'm just going to flex them every game. I mean, the guy's an animal out there. I absolutely love watching Dustin Bufflin play. He ragdolls two players at a time. He's just all business out there. I love a player like that. So and Dustin Bufflin and the rest of that defense just doing everything to. Keep easy shots then in the third period. I didn't see a lot of extra pressure in the third. Winnipeg having a record themselves. What, 7-0, and now 8-0 and after leading after two periods. And in the regular season after leading after two, 42-1-1. So when we were talking on Facebook through the game, because we're, we're sending messages, you know, Charles and I don't just, you know, we're not just like, all right, we're going to do this. And then, we, you know, we just end up. <laughs> right. it's not like some pseudo friendship and, and, quasi phony knowing each other no we talk hockey a lot and and we're there and we're talking about the goals getting scored and what's going on and, and just you know Win- winnipeg is just wow and there and now talk about goaltending they're going up against the 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 golden knights mark andre Fleury is playing like i've never seen him play and he's a long season veteran at this point well over oh, I, I'm almost at a loss because you almost see regression but he's coming up huge when it matters in the playoffs and something that which we'll touch on a little bit more on the Eastern Conference side his his old former team there Matt Murray not exactly rising to the task against Washington I just gave credit to to Winnipeg's shutdown defense right? I, uh, we can rewind that. <laughs> yes, you did. You did. Absolutely. But how about Vegas? 
like the relentless forecheck that team has line after line after line. It's just incredible to watch in both in their, in their end, the suppression, the total dominance in, in the defensive zone, offensive zone. It's, it's really going to be incredible hockey to watch. Yeah. This is the classic, uh, as I like to call it, the irresistible versus the immovable object type of a thing. And I would say Winnipeg, the one thing for them is going to be, which I saw them just to have a few lulls in the series against Nashville. They're going to have to bring a hundred percent energy every single game. That is one thing. As we look at Vegas, that's the one thing they do. And that is their strength. And in that Vegas series, Vegas eliminates uh, San Jose without really too much trouble. San Jose also in a little bit of flux and change. What's going to happen with Joe Thornton? Honestly, I think even if Thornton had been able to play, I don't think he would have made a difference because of the overall team speed that Vegas has. And Thornton, he's a you know a big guy, likes to lug the biscuit, but uh, I think they, I don't want to say would have skated circles around him, but uh, trying to keep up with Vegas is is no easy task. So we, I like also we got the four goaltenders. You talk about Flurry. You talk about Connor Hellebuck, who is a Vezina Trophy finalist in the East. We got Vasilevsky for Tampa Bay, who's a Vezina Trophy finalist against Braden Holtby, who was a, a finalist last year. So it, it's great matchups all around. Yes, that's that's like, true. That's true. It, so it, it like goaltending has been a real treat. Like we didn't even give enough credit to Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck's been incredible right. in this playoff run as well. And overall, that is he he did he did falter a couple times, but I mean, really, he bounced back so incredibly well. Winnipeg, Vegas, Vegas, like you said, it didn't even look. They had that one game where Martin Jones shut him out for nothing, and then right. you th- you think you can match that blueprint? No, they just come back and go. Hey, that's the anomaly, and it really is. I I'm excited for this series. I don't even know how to predict this series. I mean. And, the the odds the odds of Vegas being where they are right now being the not just in NHL history they are the single greatest expansion franchise in professional sports. <laughs> it is I, 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 honestly like I'm like Vegas is going to find as much well, as I'm going to take to go. As well, you got Winnipeg, you know the team that missed the playoffs last year versus the team that did not exist. Exactly. Last year, so. And, but they, and and look, and Winnipeg for the first time in franchise history making it to this point. Yes. In the playoffs. So there's a lot of history in this series, a lot, and and it's just at this point, how do you bet against Vegas? How <laughs> you can't? My my buddy and I. We were we had a good day today. We were hanging out. We were talking a lot of hockey as well because I mean, come on, we're expecting the best hockey that you're going to watch. It, and and we were discussing this. And Vegas being designed the way they are is essentially it's three lines of second line players. Right, their success. And, and 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 yeah, they'll have a and their fourth line is like a third line, so they can attack you with so many different options offensively. But because a second line also isn't quite as say offensively potent as your first, naturally speaking. But if you're if you're the uninitiated, your first line 
here's your hand when you want to sound smart. Your first line is your best line. When they shorten the bench, it means the first two lines are playing. Sorry, got to get right. lingo down. It's not just Snoop doing lingo, okay? We can talk hockey lingo too, right? Are we allowed? We are, yes, sir. Okay. Preach, brother, preach. Okay, I just got to make sure because, you know, look, Snoop's doing a great job. I just, I want to know. I want to know if we can discuss lingo. But any, anyhow. So on the record. On the record. Going Vegas, Vegas, correct? I mean, I'd love yeah. to. And, and, I'm, and speaking of on the record, I need to clear the air with this right now. This is important. This was actually a really good segue. So a little while back. I was on YouTube and I had mentioned that I don't think Winnipeg's going to last a decade in the National Hockey League. And I said I'd eat my words if I was wrong. And I know it's a little premature because it hasn't quite been a decade yet. But but I think suffice to say, unless something catastrophic happens and the and the entire province of Manitoba is swallowed up in the, into into Hudson's Bay, I don't know. But if that doesn't happen, and it and it likely won't, I'm eating my words. You're going to last more than a decade as a franchise. You've you've reached heights that your franchise has never seen before in any iteration. So congratulations! No matter what happens, you're going to get a great finalist in the Stanley Cup from from the Western Conference. But I I can't see myself betting against. Vegas, I, I, I can't. Hey, I'm with you there. I'm you? with you. I think, you know, I'm going with this, you know, the goaltending matchup is going to be fantastic. I like the way Flurry is gone. But like you said, Vegas, to me, they, the way that they roll lines and just keep on coming at you, I think it's going to be a bit too much for Winnipeg because Winnipeg, they do have lulls. They do. They have lulls. They have times when you know, they'll, they'll go a few minutes not playing their best hockey. Those are the times I think Vegas is going to take advantage. And I look at this being probably about a six-game series, I think. Um, if I were to say on the – like I said, you uh, either think a series is going to go four or five, five or six, six or seven. I think it's going to go five or six. I don't think Winnipeg can extend them to seven games. No, I, I, don't I think really so. don't think that. I'm, I'm saying a five or six-game series. And if Winnipeg isn't careful, if they go down, they lose their first two home games, even one of the first two, it's going to be rough because Vegas has a tough building to play in too. Look, evidenced by their uh, regular season record and, well, even in the playoffs. It's, so great series. I'm going Vegas in five or six games, though, and Vegas continues to be the story of not only the National Hockey League but the sporting world here in the USA and in Canada, it's, it, it. How can you ignore it? It's, it's just one of the most incredible stories. You, you want to avoid cliche. That's like we talk hockey, you and I, and it, and it's not the most cliche hockey talk you're going to hear. And that's a refreshing thing. That's a good thing. But here you are witnessing, literally witnessing history in your time where you could do a movie about this. If that's how, if they win, okay, let, I'm, I'm just being absurd here. If they win the Stanley Cup, you make a movie out of that. And in 20, yeah, absolutely. And in 20 years from now, as so long as, so long as nobody with a hot button finger decides to press that hot button and the world goes in a handbasket, 
you're going to watch that movie and go, you know, I was alive when they got that expansion team. I remember when that happened. And people would be like, really? Was it as exciting and accurate? And you're like, you know what? It was as ridiculous and unforeseen as they made it look. And it really is. You, you, it defies all logic and reason to think that they would be this successful. You knew they were going to be good. You knew the NHL wouldn't let this long-term engagement fail, right? Because we go back to the NHL awards. That's where we met. That 2009. Yeah, and that's exactly. That's been going on for the better part of a decade. That's a courtship. That's that's long-term grooming. That's saying, honey, not only do I want to date you, I want to date you for a long time before we even get engaged. And then I really want to prove that that marriage is going to, I want to make sure that your mom and dad didn't throw down half a billion dollars for nothing on this wedding. Okay. (laughs) I really want to make sure that the cake is good. Well, I remember I interviewed uh, the when they were awarded the franchise a couple of years ago. I interviewed Bill Foley. I, I was there. I've covered the awards every year because it's easy drive for me out to Vegas. And he said, he said, you guys, he says, everyone will see. I'm going to be a good owner. And, uh, hey, so far, so good. So hats off to Mr. Foley. Hats off to uh, McVay, the GM. And hats off to Gerard Gallant for pulling that team together and getting all those fresh faces Guys who were, they're veterans, but had never played together before and molding them into a cohesive unit. And here we have today, and they're at the conference final. So let's, uh, we're clear on the West. Shall we jump over to the East, my brother? We may, we may as well, because, wow, we were talking about this when we were doing our preview for the Eastern side of things and, and going, mathematically speaking, Will our heart dictate that it will be right and say Washington will be Pittsburgh? And both of us said, no, we'll listen to our head. Forget the heart. Emotion be damned. Who cares about it? No, it's not going to happen. And we were both, well, we were both wrong. Head wrong. We should have head wrong. Yeah, we should have listened to our heart this time. We should have said, you know what? Our heart will go on with Ovechkin and the Deadpool sequel because Celine Dion is singing for the Deadpool sequel, I might add. Should we get some money for that, by the way? Free promo? I, I think so. But you know what? I, the other thing was when Washington eliminates Pittsburgh, they do it without uh, Nicholas Backstrom and without Tom Wilson. And they still go in there. And whoever, a depleted Washington team winning a critical game, it's bad enough or hard enough for a fully healthy Washington team to win a critical game in the playoffs. A depleted Washington squad just takes care of Pittsburgh just like that. So is this, have they finally gotten in? We're talking about, hey, right here, I was saying, what they need to do is for whatever reason, they need to move on somehow from this current era with uh, with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov and Backstrom, either get rid of Kuznetsov and Backstrom and change the culture or send Ovi packing one of the other two because this thing is never going to work. And lo and behold, they've finally done something. And their reward, they get to face the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, well, and, and who scored the OT winner? None other than the goofy Sully himself. Right. If getting Kuznetsov. Like, the bird, it's the bird man. The right time. Yeah. I like, I was steaming over that guy. 
just stupid plays. And and I'm not preaching like, you know, I made the phone call to Washington and said, hey, Washington, can you put me on the phone with Kuznetsov? I got to give him a couple of, you know, stern. And there's pops. times when we would all much rather watch his sister play professional tennis than watch him. Kuznetsova, watch her, her play, then watching him play hockey. Oh my! Maybe God. she called him. Maybe right. sis called him and said, "Hey, bro, you gotta, you know, you gotta get, you gotta do it." Whatever was said to Yevgeny Kuznetsov to get him to play a lot smarter offensively, and then obviously score the biggest goal of his career. That person who whispered in his ear deserves some degree of credit because, they, like. Again, it doesn't always fall on Ovechkin, although he did score some timely goals in the series against Pittsburgh as well. Yes. Like it, it it's always Ovi time. And and if there's one player in the league that I couldn't be happier for, it's Alexander Ovechkin. Because he's finally making it deep in the playoffs. They're in the conference final now. And as you just pointed out, they're playing, they're playing against Tampa. They did it without some key components in their lineups. So the one guy I did want to discuss, and you mentioned him earlier, is Braden Holtby. Let's not forget, he didn't win a game since, like, December. It was ridiculous. Philip Grubauer took the reins. Right. Like, it was it was his team. You got the first two games at home with Grubauer in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and he loses both. He was less than spectacular, and who steps in? That's mental toughness. You want to ask yourself why people say the equation is 90% mental, 10% physical. Well, I mean, in a very literal sense, mentally, you're telling your body what to do. It's just as a matter of how quick your body executes. And that's what makes a goaltender so special when you're a guy like Braden Holtby. Absolutely. Not only are you able to allow yourself to do that physically, execute physically so, so well consistently, but that mental toughness, that mental game that everybody talks about as well is, is that he came in going, all right, I lost the job. I got the job back. What's my job now? Stop the puck one at a time. Stop the puck. It's one of the greatest mantras I've ever heard in goaltending is the puck doesn't care about the circumstance. It doesn't know it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's a puck. So what's yes. my job? is to stop that thing and have the relationship solely with that and make it about as emotionally detached as possible. And so that's something that he does remarkably well. And, and again, I mentioned it on a previous podcast. I, I look back at his career more carefully. And, you know, last year was the anomaly. It, it never really fell on him before, at least the lackluster performances of his team in front of him. It wasn't on Holpe. And now his team is as a team performing in front of him. Tampa's next. And as happy as I am for Ovechkin, and I am happy. If you could see here, I'll give a big old smile. I'm, I'm really happy. <laughs> Show those pearly whites, but uh, hey, Tampa. Oh, the, ortho, the orthodontics just spot on. Thank you, Dr. Shapiro. You did a great job. But, hey, but Tampa Bay Lightning, they are, you know, They've been building toward this, I think, ever since 2015 and still a lot of great players. And I think uh, we've got a critical mass situation happening there in Tampa. Not not a whole lot of analysis even needs to be done. Tampa did what we expected them to do against Boston. 
biggest yeah. batch of them, and aside from one game where they really laid an egg out there, uh, they dispatched Boston with relative ease. With, uh, you know, speaking of the task at hand, relative ease, not ease, relative ease. I, I was I was shocked at how well they handled the Boston Bruins. But as I was saying about Ovechkin, and, and I'm happy for him, I truly am. He's up against he's up against my man who just celebrated his 53rd birthday. A man who is the architect <laughs> of this hockey club known as the Tampa Bay Lightning. His name is Stephen Gregory Iserman. And I can't, I can't root against Stevie Y. So let's get this out of the way right now. As much as my heart might have a, a, a small piece for Ovi, and there is. The overwhelming majority of that heart and mind, body, soul, and every chakra and multi-theist and monotheist religious experience I can muster is <laughs> devoted to Stevie Y. So I'm picking Tampa to go ahead. I have to. I can't vote against Stevie. Did you see this, uh? A four or five, a five or six, or a six or seven. What do you, you what do you know, think? I, I I really do think Washington's gonna give them a good run. I do, because their offense is clicking. But I can't see I can't see it going seven. So we're probably like five or six. I can't see it being I can't see it being as easy as Boston. Like like I said, it was just to me it was shocking. Like, wait. Well, with Boston, what I saw was one thing we had talked about, and that is with the whole thing of, you know, with Tuka Rask, it's, maybe it's a Finnish goalie thing. I don't know. But with Tuka, you're just thinking sometimes, and with all the great things that he does, and sometimes it's like, what exactly were you reaching for on that one? And, and but, the puck was coming right to you. In it was waving at you, Tuka. Here I come. <laughs> Block in, me, catch me, let me hit your chest. That's all you I want you to do. And he turns it into an adventure. Yeah, it, it's it's just inopportune goaltending from elite level goaltenders. We're talking about a Vesna trophy winner. Right. And then it's just I think ultimately what happens in a series like that is while Toronto was young and some of their guys weren't awake. Austin Matthews never never really woke up against Boston. No. Steve, Steve Stamkos woke up against Boston. And he and he he got some timely goals that helped his confidence, but also contributed to the team's overall success. And and that's what you want to get out of one of the most lethal scorers in NHL history. And yes, I mean it when I say NHL history, because over over his career, at least over the last five years, there's only really one name that has been more proficient at scoring goals. And that guy's name is Alexander Ovechkin. So full credit due to Stamkos. And the team, Braden Point, it's very interesting. I was talking about Braden Point with some people at the the local arena because obviously hockey is just all year round here in Canada. And he went from being an average skater to being nearly as – fast as Connor McDavid. Let that sink in for a second. A guy who was once considered an average skater is now 
in a similar stratosphere, not the same, because, I mean, Connor McDavid is unbelievable. Right. For, for the uninitiated, he is the like the generational talent that is the cornerstone of the Edmonton Oilers franchise, the Art Ross winner once again. So if you're not familiar, he's a pretty good hockey player and very, very fast. For Braden Point to have improved his game and edge work to get to that level is something to behold. Because when you reach that level of the National Hockey League, obviously you've done something right. But then to keep going back and retraining and understanding where your shortcomings might be and improve on those and just to see where he's come to. It's, it's really actually something worth noting. So I, I thought that was important. I talk enough about goaltending, but to give, to give full credit to a skater for working on edge work, I, I do believe he enlisted what was a Barb Underhill and Barb Underhill is a figure skating coach. And you're going to sit there and laugh. Okay? If you're this hardcore hockey guy, you're going to sit there, you're going to laugh and you're going to, are you really for real figure skating? I'm going to put this out there right now. The best skaters in the world are figure skaters. Well, you know what? This goes back. We can take this all the way back. I remember when this started in the 70s was Laura Stam working yeah. with the New York Islanders. And that was where that was kind of a revolutionary thing. And her teaching them to use their edges more proficiently. And, you know, uh, four straight Stanley Cups later, we see that it's like, oh, okay, there is something to that. And that's the good thing about those revolutionary things. And it, it goes going forward and it just changes the way the game is played. And we wind up with skaters from the 70s. Then you see the explosion in the 80s, skating techniques just being a lot better, more explosive. And here we're coming forward into this new generation. And you know what? And you bringing up Laura Stam is, I'm like, whoa, because Laura, I know I'm in a bunker in a secret location in Eastern Canada. <laughs> so I might give something away here by saying this, but at, at the local barns, you see her, you see her flyers around. So she's local and mm-hmm. she's teaching here near, near my secret bunker. So I can tell you, she's still out there teaching and it's you tell amazing. her Sea Dog says hello, you know, and gave her props on my show. And even though I was born and raised in Southern Cal, I know all about her, and I got mad respect for my homegirl. And and here I'm going to go to your neck of the woods with this, and go even further back with the connection of figure skating to hockey. So you can't heave your chest out and look down on figure skating because hockey wouldn't have one of its most iconic tools if it was not for figure skating in California, and that would be the Zamboni. wasn't invented for hockey. It was invented for figure skating in California to get the ice surface all cleaned up for the figure skaters a lot quicker. And when we're done here, I think I'm going to go and watch put on the cutting edge. I have the (laughs) DVD somewhere, so, you know. And in fact, in that 2009, when I met you, I not only met Pecorine, but I also met D.B. Sweeney in a club there, you know? So, hey, cutting edge, figure skating, we've covered the full gamut here, uh, and we're both picking. We see it as Vegas versus Tampa in the Stanley Cup final. So, hey, remember, everybody, follow me on Twitter at The Inside Sports. Follow Lonnie on Twitter at The Schwartz 5454. That's the S-C-H-W-A-R. T Z five four 
Uh, Lonnie, we got to go ahead and get out of here. Got some things to do. Got places to go. Cup final, or excuse me, the conference finals are starting tomorrow. Right now we're shooting the show right before uh, Tampa and Washington will kick things off on Friday night. So uh, final words for the audience before we sign off here, homeboy? Yeah, it's going to be some of the best hockey. It might even be better hockey than what you're going to see in the Stanley Cup final itself because you've got four incredible hockey teams facing off against each other. You've got great goaltending no matter where you're looking. And as a goalie coach, it's, it's, it's obviously something I'm going to relish because you've got Vesna, former Vesna Trophy winners, Vesna Trophy candidates, Stanley Cup champions, like Mark Andre Fleury on the resurgence of, of a career on the cusp of a story that is bigger than the game itself. It is all of sports, like so many storylines. If I am, again, if I'm putting on my Hollywood producer cap, if I'm going to put a marketing campaign together, I'm going to throw hundreds of millions of dollars and say, okay, put something together for me. I could not put together better storylines than what you're going to get here. It's it's incredible. You've got Ovechkin finally getting somewhere. You've got the Winnipeg Jets franchise history. You've got sports history with the Vegas Golden Knights being where they are. And then, of course, my personal bias, Steve Eiserman presiding overall going, it doesn't matter what everyone's master plan is. Are you Steve Eiserman? No, I'm Steve Eiserman. And we're going to win a Stanley Cup. And that's, and, the, and, and that's the bottom line. I don't care what Steve Austin says, <laughs> but Steve Eiserman says so. You know, and one other thing was Canada has been looking to get back uh, you know, to win the Cup since 1993. And who is it? I think it's just so poetic that Manitoba, really, the province which is the runt of the litter, <laughs> the ones carrying your nation possibly to the promised land. Oh. God bless Manitoba, you know? Oh, I, I mean, yeah, Prince Edward Island might be the runt in size, but they're not always the brunt end of the jokes like Manitoba is. They're like, everybody's like, hey, did you hear about Manitoba? And they're like, oh, if you're not familiar with Canadian geography, Manitoba is an interesting place that we could probably tell a few tales of if it was inside geography. But outside of that, it's inside sports. We're talking hockey and, and yes, yes. Our, our nation, oh, Canada, is being represented by Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, home of Chris Jericho. The meek shall inherit the earth, it says in the good book. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. I'm Charles E. Smith, Jr. That's Lonnie Schwartz for Mr. Schwartz. Remember, uh, this is the show Talking Hockey, an inside sports production. We'll be with you every week through the uh, Stanley Cup final. Thank you for listening. We'll see everybody next time. Nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, Head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. Inside Sports listeners, 
Act Now and get 15% off your order today just by entering the promo code POD5. That's P-O-D and the number 5 at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheeliq.com.